0: When it's not a party, we will party ours. Welcome to another great edition, actually the Season 2 premiere of That Sports Show. Not just the Sports Show anymore, it is That Sports Show. That way when you tell your friends, what are you listening to? That Sports Show. I'm Jeremy the Impact York. Welcome and sorry for uh, doing this on Saturday afternoon, but I wanted to get it out this week. And this is the only way to get it out this week, so this is when we got it out. Just a few things we're going to get into. I'm going to talk a little Georgia State. Obviously, I just uh, got in a little bit ago from the Georgia State game. I'm sure uh, if you haven't seen some of the videos, check social media. All the fun places to find us there. If you're not sure how to find us, message me, and I will let you know all the details on that. But we're going to talk some Georgia State. Going to talk. Um, I'm going to. I'm going to talk NFL divisions. All likely. I'll probably start there. Uh, we're going to talk some college. I'm going to... I'm going to talk... Uh, I'm going to tell you about the five games that I picked earlier today. Uh, I am currently sitting at one and one already, and I'm watching the end of one of them. I may be one and two soon. That's okay. I heard a uh, another another person in the media side of things that said something the other day that that rings true for me. I'm not in... I am not in the... I'm not in the business of trying to be... Right all the time. I'm trying to be entertaining. I'm trying to give you the other side, of the other take. Um, a lot of times, I will take the other side of things just to uh, give you a different perspective, a different point of view. Um, but also, a lot of the times on here, the way I actually believe and think of things is the way uh, that I feel about them. Sometimes the difference, not really, but. I thought it's very true that I'm not trying to be 100% right or accurate. I'm trying to be at least 80% entertaining. And I hope I'm entertaining. hope I'm entertaining as far as that. Uh, like I said, we'll talk some GSU here in a minute. But first, let's talk NFL divisions. We're going to really preview. We'll talk more Falcons. And I'm going to talk a little bit of Falcons here in a minute. But... We're going to really dig into the Falcons in next week's show right before the season starts. It is just around the corner. Uh, But I want to go with uh, my division predictions and kind of the way, kind of brief overview of all the teams. Uh, And I'm just going to do them in the same way that almost every website lists them. It's really easy that way. AFC, then NFC. uh, East, North, South, West, in that order. Uh, So let's start with the AFC East. Now, we know the AFC East are the Bills, the Patriots, the Dolphins, and the Jets. I would say the Jets are probably going to get a top five pick next year. Things could be a little different. Uh, they probably win. They might win opening week. They're going to win a couple games. They're not going to go you know over seventeen. The Jets. Uh, they say to move on from Sam Darnold. It is what it is. I think he needs to change the scenery anyway. They go with Zach Wilson in the draft. They've got some young pieces, uh, some, uh, you know, a couple really good linemen. They've, they're doing okay. They're still looking at a top pick. So, we can. Uh, I think it's safe to put the Jets in fourth place in that division. Now, in a kind of controversial, because I, I know a lot of fans of this team, oddly enough, Uh, I got the Miami Dolphins in third. Now, it's not because I think they're terrible. They're not. Uh, The Miami Dolphins could win six, seven, eight, maybe even nine games. I don't know, and I'm saying I don't know because the sample size is not quite big enough, but I don't know if Tua is going to be the guy or if he's the bridge or if he's the placeholder or if he's just a whoops pick. This is a loaded team. They, The fact that they are in the conversation for Deshaun Watson with all the hoopla and things going on in his life off the field, the fact that they would still try to acquire him tells you they think they are a quarterback and or a piece away from making a run. It's possible. It's possible. Like I said, this this is a just tremendously talented team. I think Tua's got some talent. He's got a lot of talent. It's just such an X factor. We get a, a left-handed Russell Well, not even Russell Wilson. A left-handed Drew Brees. He is a pocket guy. He does not get out of the pocket very often. He is not a scrambler much. He is not a runner much. Uh, Tua likes to stand there and deliver. There's nothing wrong with that. I prefer people who do that. The difference is... Being a lefty, the ball comes out different. The ball spins different. I'm not sure his adjustments at the line of scrimmage. I'm not sure if he needs to make the call in a game if if he has the know-how or ability to do so at this point. But once again, we've only seen him start a couple, a handful of games. A couple of them he was benched for Ryan Fitzpatrick because, well, they didn't want to necessarily lose the game. And also... Somebody in the league, a couple of you have anonymously said, and when I say somebody, I'm talking uh, front office of other teams said, "Hey, Miami had a pretty good year last year, but not every they're not going to return every interception to the five yard line like they did last last year. That's true. They got put turnovers put them in some good situations, and they took advantage of them as they should. There's nothing wrong with that. The thing I see is, you know." When we get to the Falcons, it's the same way. A lot of the breaks did not go their way last year. They may this year, they may not. It's, it's one of those, you know, if you if you drop a ball on the top of a fence, does it go to the left, does it go to the right? That's kind of the way the ball bounces sometimes. But It will be interesting to see how the ball bounces in regards to the Dolphins this year. But I've got them in third because I do not think – at this juncture, that they are better than Buffalo or New England. Now, second place and also a wild-card contender are the New England Patriots. The New England Patriots, absolutely. They cut Cam Newton to go with Mac Jones. A lot of the players, about what, you know, eight, ten players of their team didn't play last year because they sat out for COVID reasons. Not because they had COVID but because they were allowed to sit out so they did a lot of them came back they really like mac jones they really like he they say he's like tom brady 2.0 which is something he would say anyway but he's very cerebral he stands there and delivers he plays a lot like brady he really does but i don't know if they have the firepower to stay up with buffalo now this this new england team could easily win 10 11 even 12 games But that's how how much, you know, that's, I still think they are a wild card team. They could take this division, maybe. They've got a lot of firepower on defense. Their special teams are always some of the best in the league. And they've got Coach Bill. Coach Bill Belichick. The guy is just one of the best ever. So you can't count him out. But I've got them in second because I just think Buffalo is gonna build off of last year and I think they're gonna win the division and be a front runner. They're gonna win thirteen, probably thirteen games. I've got New England probably at eleven. I, I just think I just think at the end of the day, Buffalo is gonna get a little more bounces their way. and New England is just going to get one or one or two less bounces in their direction. So to recap, Buffalo 1, New England 2, and a wild card possibility. Miami 3, they're hanging in there. And the Jets are going to enjoy a top-five pick. In the AFC North, start to bottom again, Cincinnati. Cincinnati is still a draft or so away from really competing. I think one more draft, they could, they could be uh, on the fringe maybe. They've they've got some good players up there. They got some good. Uh, they uh, let AJ Green walk. Um, he was like their Julio, as good as he was. He only played twelve or thirteen games a year, tops. Uh, the young Joe Burrow coming back from the knee injury, as long as he can recover from that, and and uh, be mostly as good as he was, I think he'll be in a good spot. Um, I like their coach. Their coach has some some potential. But at the end of the day, Cincinnati is probably going to be another one of those teams, like the Jets, that are looking at a top five pick, which is fine because they need a couple more pieces. If they were smart, they've already got their quarterback. You trade that that pick, trade down, grab uh, a lot more born bodies, and you compete even faster. I got them at fourth. In third place, third and second is weird to me. And it's, uh, I don't know, I'm just... I don't know why, but I believe Baltimore and Pittsburgh are going to battle for second and third. It's going to probably come down to a game or so. One's going to win 10 games. One's going to win nine games, something like that. Uh, Baltimore is the more talented team, but I just feel like Pittsburgh just gets the luck sometimes. And for some reason, unless Big Ben just completely, you know, completely goes off the rails, completely over the cliff, Wiley Cody style. I got Pittsburgh in second. I've got Baltimore in third. I really like Baltimore. I'm not a big Lamar Jackson fan. I think he is a running back who passes as opposed to a quarterback who runs. And I just, I don't have enough faith in that to continue to work. At some point, they're just going to load the box and make his arm beat them. And I haven't seen his arm have that capability yet. Now, Pittsburgh, like I said, the biggest question for them is Big Ben's health. he come in supposedly in the best shape of his life, which is odd that he would finally do that in year, what, 15 of his career, 16 of his career. Yeah, thanks, Ben, for uh, all those other years of not giving a crap. But for some reason, uh, I think, much as I'm a Harbaugh fan, I think Mike Tomlin is a slightly better coach. For some reason, he gets slightly better results. Like I said, it's going to come down to one's going to win like nine games, one's going to win ten. For some reason, I think Pittsburgh's going to be the one to win ten. They're going to get second. And then what should be no surprise, this has kind of been one of the media darlings as well. Uh, i got Cleveland winning that division. They are the most loaded roster in the entire NFL. People can pick on Baker Mayfield all they want. Um, he is... He is more than enough to run what they do there. There's so many weapons around him. He doesn't have to be, you know, he doesn't have to be Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers. He does not have to worry about extending plays. He does not have to, you know, as much as the normal person. He does not have to worry about when the game's on the line having to go, well, I've got to dig deep and do this on my own. No, he has. At any given point, 10 people on the field that can help them do that. And a smart head coach. That defense is scary good. And even the special teams is good. When you've got a reliable kicker, punter, holder, long snapper, you don't have to worry about that phase of the game. You know, think about it this way. I am in no way comparing Baker Mayfield to these two quarterbacks. But... Baker does not have to max out his skills for this to work. In the same way, Joe Montana did not have to max out his skills all the time. As good as that system was, in no way is Baker Mayfield Joe Montana. Same thing with, same thing with uh, Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman was was uh, was way better than what he uh, had to do at Dallas. It's not that he underperformed. He didn't have to. When you're throwing to people like Jerry Rice, who can get open on his own and make his own separation, and you're throwing to somebody like Michael Irvin, who gets his own separation, gets his own, you know, when you have, you know, the Drew Pearsons, when when you have just the pieces that those guys did, you don't have to play... You're playing 100% effort, but not 100% talent level. You're not having to, you know, pull miracles out of your backside. And I think Baker's in that situation. People dog him all the time. Oh, He's, he's not as good as this. He's he's more than capable of, of leading this team. And this is a fantastic team. So I got faith in Baker. I think Baker's going to do some good things. And also, there's a chance that Pittsburgh, Baltimore, or both could be card teams uh, in the AFC. It just depends on how it plays out. Uh, AFC South, the Houston Texans are going to get a top five pick. They are, how were they described earlier? They are a runaway train heading for a nuclear reactor, I think is the way I heard it earlier. Yeah, Houston's got problems. They are trying to maximize the Deshaun Watson trade. They realize the longer they hold him, maybe they can get slightly more. I heard Miami offered three ones and, and two twos. I don't know why you didn't make that deal um, unless you think Watson's going to play for you this year, but that's enough about Houston because that's, they do have Tyrod Taylor. They're going to win a couple of games. They're going to win just enough to get like three or four pick, which may net them one of the quarterbacks. Who knows? There's two, there's two big qu- quarterbacks in college right now. We'll see what happens. It's more or only barely through week one. Uh, third in that division is Jacksonville, First year head coach, rookie quarterback, a lot of new pieces. Uh, good owner, good owner. He does a fantastic job as far as that. Uh, but Urban has never coached pros, so we got to let him get his feet wet. We got to let him uh, kind of dance on the on the frying pan a little bit and see where this thing's going to go. I, I, they could win five or six games, maybe maybe slightly more. But either way, they're looking top ten pick, which is what they need. They need a couple more playmakers. Because they have warm bodies. They have people that are capable of doing a good job. They need more great. They've got a lot of good, not a lot of great. Tennessee, I've got at number two. Uh, We're going to see what happens when Arthur Smith is no longer in charge of Ryan Tannehill. I think Derrick Henry may still be the, the number one back in the league, but in the past two years, he's had like four billion carries. He's got dinged up a lot. I want to see if he can carry the load for another year like that. It just seems like it's a lot, a lot to put on him like that. And, I mean, they do have Julio. They got uh, a couple other – they got Pro Bowl receivers. They've they've got the big time back. We'll see what happens there. Their defense is pretty good. I just – as much as the worst luck in the world has went to the Indianapolis Colts, I feel like whether it's Wentz, whether it's Eason, whether – I don't know, maybe, maybe they make a, a weird play for some other quarterback we don't know about yet. Maybe they get in the Deshaun Watson situation. I don't know. I doubt it. I just feel like, though, top to bottom, one of the best on-paper rosters is Indianapolis, and I think somehow they're going to make this work. I got Indianapolis in first there. AFC West, this going to be real easy. Uh, Denver, until they figure out the quarterback situation. I don't think the answer is Bridgewater. I don't think the answer is necessarily Drew Locke, but that's that's, uh, you know, that's, that's the horses they're bringing to the corral. So that's the ones they're going to ride. Uh, Denver's got some pieces other places. They've got a pretty good defense. They've got uh, a couple weapons on offense. We'll see how that goes as far as that, but I've got them in fourth place there. Uh, they're going to win some games. Kind of controversial here because I really like some of the the pieces this team has. But I've got the L.A. Chargers in third. Here's the reason I have the L.A. Chargers in third. Rookie head coach, I think Justin Herbert is going to do fantastic. I think they've got great, great pieces. Uh, Wide receivers, uh, running backs, and things like that. I think on offense, as long as the line holds, they're going to do some fantastic things. Their defense... I think it it goes back to, again, what I've been saying. They're a lot of good, not quite a lot of great. Now, that could change. But for now, I've got them in third. In second, a little controversial. I've got John Gruden taking the Raiders to at least second place, a potential wild card situation because he needs to. They're not going to fire him, and here's why. Because he signed a 10-year deal. He's, what, three or four years into it. Mark Davis is not paying somebody $60 million to not coach for him. It's not going to happen. one needs a Davis. Don't believe me. Look up stats on his dad. Uh, but Derek Carr is, uh, continues to be a top-ten quarterback. He always goes that he's the most underrated guy. He comes back each and every year, and no matter what, puts in maximum effort. Uh, the freak injuries seem to not happen as much anymore. Their offensive line is interesting. They kind of blew it up and started over like Kansas City did. They needed to. And as long as they can put some good things with their line together, I think they can compete with most teams in this league. I think they're the almost a sleeper pick because not a lot of people are picking them. But it is what it is as far as that. And then I got Kansas City as number one in the West. They're probably one of the top two or three teams in the league anyway. I would say them, Tampa, Tampa. Green Bay or Cleveland, make your case. Uh, as long as you keep Patrick Mahomes upright. That's a good thing. They rebuilt their offensive line, and this was and that was after going to a Super Bowl. But that was by far the glaring weakness, and it was exploited by Tampa. And that's a lot of fun. They didn't win. On defense, they are just hammers at every position. Uh, you might could catch them here and there in the uh, the defensive back world. But beyond that, uh, there's, there's not much weakness on this team. Uh, to recap recap all those real quick, in the West, we've got Denver in fourth, L.A. Chargers in third, Vegas Raiders in second, Kansas City at, in first, Houston fourth, Jacksonville third, Tennessee second. And I've got the Indianapolis Colts winning the South there. Uh, Cincinnati fourth, Baltimore third, Pittsburgh second, Cleveland winning the North. And I've got uh, Jets fourth, Miami third, New England second, Buffalo first, and the AFC. Now, let's go to the NFC East, which might be, I hate saying the worst division, but the least successful division. It is uh, potential Chernobyl effects across the board. The starting fourth, I like doing this. The starting fourth, I got the Philadelphia Eagles who just looks like a bunch of mismatched puzzle pieces across the board. Um, Unless they get the scissors out and fix that, uh, they're going to be interesting. I've got the New York Giants in third. I think Daniel Jones is going to make another step forward. I think he is a decent quarterback. He he reminds me of part Eli, part Kirk Cousins. Um, Probably not going to light the league on fire, but with the right guidance, He's not going to sink the ship. Eli and Kurt, they both have some hidden talent. I mean, not hidden talent. They both have some some big-time talent. Eli more careful with the things he did, and Kurt Cousins a little more brash. I think he's somewhere in between there. But I've got them in third. In second... got the Washington football team. I kind of hope they keep calling the team the Washington football team. I would consider getting ahead of or something. I like the name of that. Uh, Ron Rivera has his guys ready to go. Brian Fitzpatrick, I don't think it's a harmful thing in having him as the starter. At least at this juncture, there is loaded talent across the board. I actually think they're the most talented team in the division. The difference is, is for some reason, I think the, uh, the, uh, the lucky stick is going to swing more towards the Dallas Cowboys. They have Dak back. Uh, Zeke is in better shape than he's been in in a while. Yeah, thanks for finally getting in shape, Zeke. Uh, Amari Cooper, really good. Michael Gallup, really good. It, it just seems like they've got the pieces. If they can get that line together on the offensive side, they should be doing good. The defense, uh, their their weakness, and I like both both main guys they run out there uh, in uh, Jalen Smith and uh, Van Der Esch But their weaknesses, linebackers. Uh, their defense backs are okay; they they do a decent job, but uh, they they've got to upgrade the linebacker position. And uh, uh, their top pick, who escapes me right now, that that kid could play. He's gonna be fun to watch. Uh but I just I got Dallas somehow went through some weird stroke of luck. Something weird, you know, uh a field goal that goes off the goal post or uh, it's something. Uh NFC North. I've got Detroit in fourth. I think they uh are gonna be better. I think they're gonna like Jared Goff up there. Not as opposed to Stafford. It's going to be a different style team, a different way to run things. got a new head coach. So I can't really base it on much. So I had to go, I had to put him there. Because I think slightly better, about a game or so, better, are the Chicago Bears. Now, what would probably help Chicago more is having Andy Dalton be the backup to Justin Fields. But I don't think Justin Fields is ready yet. And that's fine. They don't want to rush it because Justin Fields could be a guy who's there for 10 years. So you let Andy Dalton go out there, and they have a rough schedule up front. You let that go. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate for Dalton that he's going to be the one taking the lumps, but he understands his role, and, hey, he's still starting. I mean, Cam Newton's not. It's second. Pretty easy here. I've got Minnesota. Uh, Kirk Cousins, this team is going to live or die by Kirk Cousins. It is either by his poor choices that lead to interceptions and pick sixes or it could be the, the look, I'm not going to get in the political battle of this, but the fact that he's unvaccinated, if he tests positive on a Friday, protocol dictates he's going to miss two games. Not only is that two checks that don't go in his pocket, I'm sure he's not hurting for money, that is a team that will suddenly have to start a their backup quarterback who. I have no idea who that could be. They're suddenly going to have to start a backup quarterback who will only get a Friday and Saturday walkthrough basically before the game. And then one week before he gets a chance, uh, before he he would have to start for a second time. It just, it seems like it's going to put him in a bad spot. I mean, I hope it never happens. There's a good chance it could. He's already been in protocol once, but he passed, he passed with a negative result and he's fine. He, he, he was it was just close contact for him. But I just feel like Minnesota and Chicago and Detroit, it, it's all a jumble between the three of them. It just depends. Can, you know, first-year head coach in Jared Goff turn Detroit around? Uh, how fast will Justin Fields be put in? Will Kirk Cousins play all 17 games? It's just, it's a lot of what ifs, what ifs, what ifs. And of course, who's going to win the, the NFC North? Green Bay. Uh, easiest thing when you're talking about Green Bay is to go Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Uh, ticked off or not. He still goes out and does his job better than practically everybody. He was able to get Randall Cobb back. I'm not I mean Randall Cobb's not A plus like he used to be, but he's not a, a slouch necessarily. Um they have pieces, and they, uh, you know, as long as Bakhtiari is healthy on the offensive line, they could use a linebacker or so. But I think beyond that, maybe a, a corner. This team is is pretty rare to go. I've got them as one of the probably four best teams in the league. I just told you in the NFC, I would look out for Tampa Bay and Green Bay. In the AFC, I would say Kansas City and probably Cleveland, Buffalo. You could throw Buffalo in there. Those five teams are the ones that you're going to have to go through at least one or both of them, or one or two of them, depending on which side you're on. Maybe three to uh, make it all the way to make it all the way uh, to win Super Bowl. Um, let's see, the NFC South. I've got. I just don't have a lot of faith for some reason in New Orleans right now. They're getting displaced. This I made this prediction before Hurricane Ida. Um, I just feel like you're having a, you're going with Jameis Winston, who I think is better than Taysom Hill as far as an overall quarterback. But Jameis is notorious for throwing just as many, just as many, pretty much touchdowns, but just as many passes to the other team as he does to his own team. So I just that, and I feel like. They weren't able to replace the people who left. And I'm just I basing it clearly just on the fact that I, I don't think they're going to be as good as they were without Drew Brees. I, I got them in fourth place in this division. This is a division that could be separated by a couple wins easy. In uh, number three this is the Atlanta Falcons. I have no problem with Matt Ryan. I think Matt Ryan is... is uh, by far still a top six, top seven quarterback in this league. He's got Ridley. He's got Kyle Pitts. He's got, uh, I think, Russell Gates is still on the team. He's got plenty of people. What What the Achilles heels of this team have been for years, and I'm not talking about one or two, for years, this is back into the Mike Smith era, maybe further. Uh, defensive backs, mainly corners, They've, uh, they've got to have real good play from them. And running backs. Because every time they go for the, to try to bring in the guy, last time they brought in a guy that was lights out and was just fantastic was Michael Turner. That was that long ago from the Chargers. Uh, Gurley was dinged up. Uh, we'll see what this new guy from Carolina does. It's like, but. The Achilles' heels for this team: offensive line, running backs, defensive backs. That's and and at this point, um, at least AJ McCarron, if he's your backup quarterback to Matt, at least you know what you're getting out of him. But season-ending injury, so now it's down to Felipe Franks or Josh Rosen. Can Arthur Smith take a former AAF player in Felipe Franks and make him? Uh, into a quality backup, potential starter. That would save you uh, uh, trying to blow a big draft pick next year because at some point you're going to have to draft match replacement unless you think Franks or Rosen could do that when you move on from Matt. So far we've seen them play in the preseason, which means zero for the most part. Uh, but can Arthur Smith resurrect Franks or, or Rosen? I, I think both of them still have you know plenty in the tank. So we'll see where they go from there, but I got them in third. In second place, should be easy at this point. I've got Carolina. Sam Darnold is going to see ghosts a little, not as much as he did in the Jets. Carolina's a little bit better team, uh, a little bit better run. Uh, You know, it's going to be interesting to see exactly how they want to run things there. Um, pretty good defense, got some weapons on offense. I think they're going to be slightly better than Atlanta. We're just going to see, because if the Darnold Project doesn't work, then uh, they could easily swap with Atlanta or swap with New Orleans, be all the way at the bottom. But I think no-brainer, one of the easiest ones to pick outside of the Kansas City win or anything. Uh, Tampa Bay is going to easily win their division. I say easily, they'll win by two or three games. I think they might win 13 or 14 where uh, the second place team are going to win about 10, maybe 11 if they're lucky. Uh, Tom Brady, just like he discovered the fountain of youth, looked like he drank the whole thing, they brought back practically everybody. So as long as nothing crazy happens, they're still a perennial favorite to uh, possibly repeat. Now the NFC West. Uh, Arizona and fourth, this is the hardest one because this is the most competitive division by far. Uh Arizona, I, I like their development. I like I like a lot of stuff about the team. I like Kyler Murray. I like Cliff Kingsbury, I like the pairing. Uh they added JJ Watt, not a hundred percent because of talent and ability. That's part of it though. They needed that veteran leadership. There was a lot of young guys in the building, so that veteran leadership, but they're in a division with three other teams that I think are just slightly better than they are. Uh so Arizona fourth. I got the Seattle Seahawks third, because I don't think in the long run they can compete with the other two teams. Uh, Russell Wilson is still Russell Wilson. I would put him in the top five quarterbacks of this generation for sure. Um, Pete Carroll is still a really good coach. Dan Snyder is still a really good GM. They figured out their, they figured out their safety holdout problem. They're trying to figure out the Dwayne Brown problem. They probably will before it. it's over with. Russell still makes things happen. I think uh they've gotta get out of the mode of, of running running the ball way too much and then uh the game will be ten to nine in the fourth quarter and they ask Russell Wilson to go get the game winning score. I just feel like just feel like they've gotta show us more because they've been relying on what worked up until this point and it's just working less and less and less, and they're due for a, a huge overhaul, including new coach and all, if this continues for a couple years. In second place, give me Kyle Shanahan in the fighting 49ers. The quarterback situation, Garoppolo can do some good things. I think we're all waiting to see what Trey Lance can do. It seems like he had a minor setback that he's not quite, quite ready. Garoppolo can run this team. Garoppolo took him to, if he stays healthy, he's took him to the Super Bowl it's not that he sucks uh, they've got a hammer hammer pass rush like think Indiana Jones and that uh that rolling Boulder from uh, from the movie it's it's you just turn around and you're like I where do I go I'm in a I'm in a hallway with no doors no windows and there's a rolling boulder coming at me I'm just gonna get hit But I do think, uh, as good as they are, I do think they have a couple of issues. It will be interesting to see uh, what they do. And then uh, that leaves the Rams in first. I think the upgrade to Stafford, who is a little less careful with the football, but he's more prone to trying to throw it into windows that Jared Goff would uh, check down for or potentially take the sack. I think uh, the upgrade is going to help. McVay is going to really coach him up. We're going to see how talented that Stafford really is. Uh, there we go. Kellen Mond is the backup right now for uh, Kirk Cousins. So, uh Yeah. You'd be starting a rookie if uh, if uh, Mr. Cousins were to test positive. It could be a false positive. Keep that in mind. But anyway, I got the Rams in first. Like I said, I, I I like their defense better. I like their offense better. And I think overall when they match up with the other teams in their division that they are more prone to win. So to recap the NFC, I've got in the West, Arizona 4, Seattle 3, San Francisco 2, and the Rams in first. Uh, In the South, I've got New Orleans 4, Atlanta 3, Carolina 2, Tampa Bay 1. In the North, Detroit 4, Chicago 3rd, Minnesota 2nd, Green Bay 1st. And in the NFC East, Philadelphia 4, Giants 3, Washington football team 2, Dallas 1. We'll see how that goes. I could be wrong after the first week. Who knows? Uh, let me shift real quick. We already talked about Atlanta a little bit. Let me shift real quick to my college picks. I'll talk a little Georgia State, and we will be on our merry way in the season premiere of season two. So good to be back. It really is. Uh, here are my picks from today. And uh, for anybody who thinks that I'm just now saying these or anything like that, once I start reading out my picks, you'll realize... No, I, I stuck with the ones I stuck with. And also, you can go on, I believe, my Facebook page. And I posted a video earlier today, right around noon, where I tell you the picks for these games. Uh, first pick was Army at Georgia State. Really had Georgia State in that one, and I was not being a homer. I thought they could take them. At least not today. 43-10, to 10, Army won that game. Whoops. Uh, number 19, Penn State at number 12, Wisconsin, was also a noon kickoff game. This was the highlight or one of the better games of the noon kickoffs. I took Penn State in it. Penn State was able to edge out Wisconsin with about two minutes to go. Wisconsin was on the two-yard line with a chance to, I think, tie the game with the potential to kick the extra point for uh, the win. And instead, they threw a... Interception on the two-yard line. that was returned to the 40. Penn State was able to keep the ball, capitalize, and pretty much uh, run the clock out from there. Big win for Penn State. Uh, Wisconsin's going to be fine. If you're going to lose, week one or two is usually the time to do it in college. Uh, number 23, Louisiana at number 21, Texas. That just saw the end of that game. Uh, I pick Louisiana, which makes me one and two on the day because Texas and Steve Sart- Sartesian gets his first win in that one. And then two games: one that just kicked off, and one that will shortly. Number five UGA at number three Clemson, and that is on ABC. If you want to tune over, but, uh, but probably by the time you listen to this, it may or may not still be on. I picked UGA. You guys know I don't do that very often. I just—I'm not sure about DJ Uangalele, who is the starting quarterback for Clemson. I just don't know enough about the kid to to be able to to go with him, and I think that's that's a partial factor. I like UGA's defense a lot. I took UGA in that one. And then uh, about an hour after that game, number 16 LSU goes to UCLA. That is a Fox game at 8.30. I think LSU is, is in for a, uh, a world of issues. And uh, Coach is going to have some issues this year. And I think the first one is going to be the Chip Kellys. And UCLA is going to knock them off in the first week. I took UCLA in that one. Let's talk a little Georgia State. Um, like I said, they did lose 43-10. to 10. It's crazy and terrible. But you wipe that one off, you prepare. They uh, will play in Charlotte versus uh, North Carolina, University of North Carolina next week. That is a 7, seven or 7.30 kickoff on that one. I think it's 7.30. But uh, that one will be fun. I will let you know when I know what network that one is on, so that you can watch that one. Uh, but here's some things coming into the season. and some things that happened today. Uh, there was still some positives from today. Offensively, you know, you got Quad Brown. You got Sam Pinkney, who did not play today because of COVID protocol. Uh, he's the number one target. Roger Carter is the tight end. He's he's a, a big time uh, target. They they were having issues getting it to him today. Um, Cornelius McCoy, he just couldn't get started that much. The guy who really showed out today, and according to Coach, it wasn't a surprise that he showed out today because the last 40 days of camp, this guy has been doing this every day. Uh, wide receiver Jamari Thrash, he's a redshirt sophomore, but at foot 180, the dude just, he's a great route runner. He makes great plays. Uh, they, they kept him in the game, I think, like uh, seven catches for 87 yards for him today or something something close to that. Um, there's so many seniors and, and redshirt seniors on this team that there's a lot of veteran leadership, a lot of guys who have been here before. They're going to rebound. They're going to be fine. Um, Dante Wilson and, and Blake Carroll and, and uh, you know, the Chris Bacons and Quavian Weiss, they're, they're all going to – they're great leaders. Uh, I don't think there's a better leader than Malik Sumter, the redshirt senior center. It's like this. We we do the Zoom press conference. We're still doing those. Our uh, coach is a little fired up. He says, I didn't prepare him. This is on me. I didn't prepare him well enough. I didn't prepare him the right ways. This, this is on me. Okay. Well, at this point, we don't know if we're going to get a player or not. Sometimes after losses you do, sometimes you don't. Uh, we weren't real sure who we were going to get. You know, Quad Brown didn't have the best day. Sometimes a quarterback, you you have to take it on the chin from the media. It's not like we're a, you know, we're not a murderer's row here. We're not, we don't usually go after people in the media uh, for Georgia State. But instead, uh, we get Malik Sumter, who is uh, the starting center. And normally, when the player sits down, we just start asking questions but before he sits down um we get told hey malik has something to say first okay great he proceeds to uh say he proceeds to say and tell us um that this is unacceptable this is this is embarrassing to them as well um it they just come out I'm paraphrasing at this point uh, they just come out kind of flat. They come out uh, not ready and not doing the things and not executing the way they should. And when you don't execute, you don't do the things that you're capable of doing, this is the result of what normally happens. And not only that, but he took our questions, and he he uh, he had some fantastic answers. These weren't like coach-speak answers. These weren't like player-speak rehearsed. You know, you get the, well, we go in... And, Day in and day out, we put the best effort and try to help it. No, he he was very much, he very much uh, stood behind that uh, this this has to get better. They have to do better. And I, I just have the utmost respect that he, in no way whatsoever, had to come talk to us. The option was his when he was asked, do you want to talk to the media? He said, yes, I do. So he, not only did he kind of take one for his team, but uh, he he knew that it wasn't going to be a a tower of positivity press conference. He knew that he was going to have to face some tough questions, some tough topics, and he did it. And you know, chin up. And like I said, I, I have the utmost I have respect for him already. I have the utmost respect that he stood up for all of his teammates and walked right in front of the firing line, basically. He said, What do you got? Like I said, we're we're not malicious or anything, like uh some can be. we we definitely don't have those kinds of issues. We don't do we don't go after people. But uh when, also when I asked him, I said Coach says this is because that's on him that he didn't prepare you guys as good as you should. And he said, No. I appreciate Coach saying that, but that's not on Coach. That's on us for not being prepared. He did everything he was supposed to do and then some, and we just come out unprepared and not ready. I, I said this in the postgame that to me that means a lot that you have a locker room full of players that will take up for the coach and a coach that will take up for a locker room of players. And they don't just do it to do it. They don't just do it because they're good buddies and they have cookouts every week and they go ride go-karts and play mini-golf. No. They do that for the respect they have, and they know that they are better than what they did today in that performance and that they have to be better. And they have a legitimate chance to beat North Carolina next week. They legitimately do. North Carolina had a hiccup this week. There's a good chance they can beat them next week. 7.30, there we go, I see it. Um, I think that is that game is on Valley Sports South, if that is what BSS stands for. A lot of fans around here may have other answers for what BSS stands for, but it looks like that's where that game is going to be. So, you know, chin up Georgia State fans, chin up Atlanta fans. It's going to be a fun year. It's going to be a good year. Things are going to turn around. The Falcons kick off next week. Georgia State will be in game number two. Uh, We just went over practically every team in in the NFL and the way I think they're going to go. Football's here. If if you were in Georgia today, you, you felt football weather. It was nice. It was a little bit of a breeze. It was not too hot. It was football weather. It is time for football. And that's going to do it for us this week. Shout out to all you amazing people who make it so much fun to come on here and talk sports talk everything in the world we'll talk other stuff hey questions comments suggestions you guys send them to us you want to go to the itunes store give us a rating review comment whatever i will address whatever you put on there ama it's always ama ask me anything you see me on the street you see me uh you you listen to one of these shows send them to me if i'm doing a live thing send it to me i will answer anything you got the best of my abilities but as i said that's going to do it for us Appreciate you guys tuning in for the debut of season number two of that sports show. When you tell people, Hey, what are you listening to? I'm listening to that sports show. We thought it was But We'll see you guys next week. It'll be earlier next week. I promise you. I'm Jeremy, the impact York from impact media. We will see you guys next week. Deuces, gooses. Gooses.